Hello, everybody. My name is Rick McCutcheon. I'm a Microsoft Business Application MVP, and we're here today on Digital Adoption Talks. There are over 300,000 professionals on LinkedIn today with digital adoption in their job title. So that's why we put this podcast together to talk about digital adoption in the Microsoft ecosystem. My regular guest host, co-host, is Joachim Schirmacher. He's not available today, so we brought his Able body stand in Daniel Garcia along. So, Daniel, say hello to the audience. Hello, everybody. Pleased to be here, Rick. Thank you. Okay, great. So, I'm going to introduce our uh, guest, and we have another MVP on to this week. And our guest is Chantel Bosset, a PowerPoint MVP speaker, coach, author, expert trainer, and a LinkedIn learning platform contributor. So let's welcome Chantel to Digital Adoption Talks. Thank you. I'm really glad to be with you two this morning or whatever the time zone, because that's <laughs> the beauty of being virtual now. <laughs> okay, Chantel. So why don't we get started by sharing your history, why you're an MVP, and uh, yeah. talk a little bit about your insights into the current uh, learning platforms. Absolutely. So, uh, well, it all started, I was attending a trade conference. It was called the PowerPoint Live at the time in 2005. Attended for many years, but I met a lot of the PowerPoint MVPs, even the Microsoft people that were attending at the time. Uh, They noticed uh, my technology savviness, so to speak, and that I was also involved in giving back to the community. So I got my first award as a PowerPoint MVP in uh, in 2013, sorry. So that's how it started. But at the time, what I realized is that uh, when you get involved with Microsoft people, that's also when you start getting more curious about the technology. And even though at the time, Office 365 had been already around for a couple of years, I got more interested, hopped in. And when I got involved with Teams, totally fell in love with the technology. So I'm a really a big Teams fan, which led me to learn even more. And of course, uh, we have that famous 2020 year that led me to do a whole lot more training and did a lot of training on LinkedIn learning about Teams and uh, how you can better collaborate and communicate with your peers with the whole ecosystem which meant that uh, now they also, I don't have an official title PowerPoint or Teams MVP anymore because they call us Microsoft 365 MVPs, but I am recognizing both technologies because I've been doing a lot of work with it. So that's in a nutshell how I fell into the MVP uh, title and totally enjoying it. This community is great. A lot of peers we can rely on when we just stumble on a bug or something that we don't understand. It's so fast-paced right now that we have to rely on other great minds to help us once in a while. Absolutely. So, Daniel, would you like to add anything? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, this this subject uh... Uh, hits close to home. I, I I feel like I live inside of Teams. <laughs> I feel like every single meeting involves PowerPoints. And unfortunately, there, there's a lot of people out there that 
might not have the necessary skills uh, where they write a whole paragraph uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, well, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so so I'm um, very happy and excited to have Chantal on, the, on this session and, and to learn more about uh, what she's doing to help people be effective communicators uh, uh, in, in this space, for sure. So Chantel, you must be very excited about what AI means to both PowerPoint and to, uh, to Teams. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and it's funny because for an unknown reason that, you know, AI has been around, I tried chat GPT like probably many people in the technology world. And I don't know, I just did not like it as much. But uh, I'm working right now on some new courses that will involve Copilot. So I was uh, lucky to have uh, an access granted by LinkedIn to help me prepare. And now I'm really getting more excited. And even the Bing. Uh, improvement. I've been trying it a whole lot more. And I really, I really think we can have a good basis for, for training for whatever the topic to speed it up, make our lives easier. Uh, what I like is when I do have some references. So at least you can check because I think that's the whole point. You need to make sure that whatever you're trying to either start from scratch, have, you're afraid, you have that blank page, you have something to create, you can use AI. But the bottom line is, we should always check what has been blurted out by the AI, making sure it's right, making sure it feels human, and that we're not just on, it's called co-pilot for a reason. It's not being on autopilot, <laughs> we should use it as an assistant, not as the driver for content. So, so this is interesting. We start going down this um, this corridor, Chantel, because learning styles are changing. Like are. we used to sit through a three day course and learn Excel. Now we want bite sized pieces to teach us as we go. So how yes. is AI going to affect the way we learn going forward? Oh, boy. And what you just mentioned popped into my mind when I was doing instructional design. At the time, we were working months on courseware, uh, and people would be in classes with an instructor sometimes for weeks, which, okay, was right at the time, but right now... It's so fast-paced that it needs to be really laser-focused. I think what I, I know that I find I like for myself, since I'm developing courseware and training, and mostly it's really bite-sized, you need to be laser-focused. <clears throat> because whatever the topic, what I'm saying today might not be totally true in three months or even next week. I think the best example that I have right now, I have some teams uh, training coming up and the organization that's hiring me, they have that content. It, it It's nice. The, the participant's manual is nice, but it's all with, let's call it the old Teams interface. We all know that now we have that new Teams. <clears throat> Many people are probably using it. 
And if they're not using it, Microsoft will probably just push it down everyone's uh, funnel in a couple of months. So if you're developing a lot of things, thinking, oh, I'll be good for quite a few months, that's not totally true. And that's when AI can be helpful. When we have engines that are mostly up to date and you try to question, well, what are the new things? Well, that speeds up the process. Instead of having to do all that research myself, although I got an interesting result at one point, at the time I tried chat GPT because I want to have the whole 2022 year uh, what were the new features added in the whole Microsoft ecosystem? Because I was doing a course only on new features. And for when teams. I, not for teams, for the whole, all the applications, I tried okay. to figure, okay, what will the end users find interesting for that course? So let's just pop it in. I think there were 771 <laughs> new features for 2022. Then I tried, okay, let's try to just funnel it down. Tried ChatGPT. Oh, cannot help you because uh, my data goes to September 2021. I said, oh, shoot, I have to go through the list and just take out what makes sense. So at the time, it did not make sense. But the more we use it, the more the AI learns and we have more recent data, I do have the feeling it will help us as content creators to get more up-to-date information and gather information more, much more quickly instead of spending hours and hours filling through the results. So I so guess Chantel, it will be interesting. Let's, the modern learner today, how long do they stay engaged when you're building a piece of content? How long do you want to build it for? Well, we do have rule of thumbs, uh, but at the same time, I would say it depends. Depends on the learner. Depends how you make it engaging. Uh, if I use the LinkedIn learning example, that's where we're always aiming at uh, videos that are three to five minutes. Because then it's really lively. It's fast paced. You're focusing on one thing to accomplish. And I think that's probably more digestible for most learners, whatever the type they are, as long as we keep it engaging, then they'll be able to go through it. Uh, if it's a training, whether virtual or live, virtual, I have the feeling now it's getting more difficult to keep people engaged. Uh, we have to put in a lot of engagement pieces, whether it's a poll, whether it's making them use reactions, making them test something. My rule of thumb for virtual training, usually I try not to ramble more than five or 10 minutes, have them accomplish something, have an action, and then we move on. But we have, we do need a fast pace uh, delivery for uh, whatever training we're, you know, we're giving virtually because usually people are watching emails or l doing something else at the same time. So we have to keep them engaged by being more fast paced. When we go back in a training room or boardroom, what's interesting, 
then we have the human connection. So we might be able to deliver a little bit more content, maybe sometimes for up to 15, 20 minutes and change the pace because we have that emotional connection we cannot have virtually. At least it's more difficult to get it when you're virtual instead of being in the same room. So yeah, we do have rules that I try to stick to, but the answer, it depends. It really depends on how how you're pacing your content so people keep engaged. But as a trainer, that's how we need to make sure that we have an eye on how people react uh, in a room. Easy. They seem to be zoning out. Then let's just change the pace right now. Virtually, well, that depends because in the past year and a half, I have the feeling people have been more disengaged. I have to train sometimes to large groups, 12, 15 people. Everyone is not on camera. They're not just not engaged with the camera. So I'm, I have the feeling I'm talking to myself and I'm asking <laughs> them to engage and react but it's my own show. I have the difficulty of not getting that feedback. Okay. So really interesting world, and we have to adapt. <laughs> yes. Daniel, would you like to add anything? Yeah. So um, I think the, the one thing that, that keeps coming up is uh, change, the one constant in life. And yes. the vast amounts, right, Chantal, you talked about like 700 different features, and that requires you to be laser focused on what you're going to be talking about. And oh, so yeah. what we're seeing, you know, with, with the enterprises that, that we work with and collaborate with is we're seeing this tendency uh, to, to your point, Rick, of micro bite size role based training and but then also incorporating it into the flow of work. Right. So one of the things that, that, that we're very excited about is we're in essence, we're taking this language model, large language model, put it in a box and feed it with um, all the sets of instructions pertaining to a business system for one company only. And then giving the users the opportunity to interact on with normal language, not only within the business system, but, you know, Chantal, inside of Teams. So, you, you know, I'm, I work and live inside of Teams. And now all of a sudden, I will be able to have this genie, this expert in business processes relating to my business accessible from within Teams. And so this is how, this is our take to market demands of dealing with uh, lots of different features that need to be uh, 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 trained on, managing change over time, and then delivering it to the users, right? So you're laser, laser focused on who they are in the company and where they are in the system and then provide them uh, the support that they need at that particular time. And so we're, we're stepping up to the plate. We're also doing that. We're, we're taking the, the AI and, and it's our take to, to help the users, uh, you know, deal with all of this change, the never ending change, right? And what you mentioned is so true about being as close as possible to the learner's reality. If we're just training for the sake of helping them learn features, that doesn't yeah. work. It won't stick. It needs to be really close to what they're doing on a daily basis. Uh, example, I'm 
training on teams, usually I tell my clients, either give me access to your team. So I'm in there, even if I'm there as a guest, it's better to make sure that they are working and trying it out in their own environment, not in my fake training environment. It won't make sense. They need to be able to try it with all the features that they would have available on a daily basis, not being stuck as a guest in Teams. So being close, and even though that's a really, really long time ago, doing instructional design, we called it at the time being as close to the wall as possible. You need to be close to the reality on their daily basis. And right now, that means if we want to do that, it needs to be very short because it's changing too quickly. So Chantel, on the Teams front, are you seeing organizations making Teams really the modern desktop of you know where you're going to access all your applications? I see a variation of this because I see some organizations that are jumping in and Sometimes they're not sure what they want to do, depending on the level of technology expertise that their teams have. Sometimes I will say, you know what, if we make sure that we make teams their one-stop shop, that might be easier, especially if they're not really techno-savvy, because having to open browsers and go elsewhere and learn about SharePoint on it, on its own, sometimes it's really taxing and difficult for some people. On the other end, I had a training just yesterday with a small team. They, uh, they migrated from Google Workspace to Microsoft 365, but they had a specific process for, uh, it's a publishing house. So the process they had in place, we wanted to make sure that they would almost replicate it, but within Microsoft 365. So that meant figuring out, is Teams the best way to do it? Since they were used to having Dropbox and Slack, well, Teams became a nice place to be able to have your conversations about your authors within channels. But at the same time, I made sure they realized, well, be careful because you have a certain amount of channels you can use. So use them for ongoing projects, for conversations, but when they're done, remove them because then you'll max out for your team. But instead of using the files within themes, they decide to create a SharePoint library and they synchronize it to the PCs of their uh, employees. So for now, that works for them. But I made sure they realized that Going forward, if they decide to change, and their team is really good with technology, so that's a good starting point, but maybe they'll be using more teams in the future. So as you can see, sometimes if they don't know what to do, I I think it's easier to make sure the team will just embrace the whole technology of teams uh, using the applications and the conversations and uh, the channels, and whatever else. If they already have something, then we have to adapt. And that's the beauty of having such a rich ecosystem, because we can just make sure people can do the move, they don't feel overwhelmed, and then I'm quite sure they'll probably embrace more features within Teams in the future, 
But right now, they have a good starting point. So I, I do see a variation of Teams adoption. Okay, Chantel, thank you very much for participating today in this digital adoption talk. Um, any closing thoughts about digital adoption, the modern workplace, uh, or where you're taking your curriculum in the future? Well, I think, and that's something Danielle mentioned, we have to become comfortable being uncomfortable because change is there to stay. We'll have changes all the time. We just need to keep up to speed, try to be on the platform, learn about the new stuff coming in, and just go with the flow. And we'll probably rely more on AI to tell us about the new features as we go, so we'll save time. Okay, thank you. Daniel, any closing thoughts? No, thank you, Rick, and thank you, Chantal, for, for um, having me be part of this session. Um, I think the future is very bright uh, with the integration of AI into the learning process. Uh, continue taking the classroom setting and bringing it into the in the flow of work learning by the means of bite-sized role-based uh, uh, training. And so we're very excited to to uh, be a part of this change as well with all of the technology we have coming out at ClickLearn. Okay. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you, Chantel. And I'm sure we'll be back to you in the near future to talk more about digital adoption in the world of Microsoft. Have a Absolutely. great day. Thank you. Thank you. All right.